Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. What so triggers me about political correctness is mm-hmm. it's uh, attempt mm-hmm. to control language, which then is an attempt to control communication, which is an attempt to control free speech, which is an attempt to infringe on our, on our rights. It's an undermining of objective reality, possibly. It, it could be whatever, right? Whenever you control language, it also, the thing it does too, Bob, it actually, if you control free speech, you can no longer have discourse. You can no longer have dialogue. You can no longer, or it puts it, in, I'm, I'm not saying no longer have it, but it puts it in a situation where can we really debate about something? Can we really go somewhere we haven't already gone and like inquire, Yeah, you know, because there's the right and wrong way of doing it. So anyway, uh, I, I, did you read much about this thing that happened on her? I read it days ago and I did not, I know this yeah. is a, uh, something you're somewhat passionate about I, I, because I am, of the issues that it raises. I'm completely so. passionate. So, so there were yeah. three students yeah. who went down to this Gibson's bakery, which is more like a, a marketplace, right? Okay. And they bought some stuff and they stole a bottle of wine. Okay. okay. Like college kids do. Yeah. Right. And so they stole this bottle of wine and the son of the owner, Alan D. Gibson, stopped okay. him. And what happened was the kids, and he got the bottle of wine fell out of their their clothes because mm-hmm. that's how you shoplift, I guess. Yeah. And uh, then they started to beat him. Who started to beat him? The kids. Mr. G- the kids started to beat because there were three kids and one one guy stopped him. And they they were beating the guy who owned the bottle of wine. In other words, the yeah, store the owner. Store, yeah, yeah, the son of the store. store wow, so I didn't know that. Yeah, so they're beating him. So they're beating him and kicking him and all this stuff. And then. And then this is and the these best. These are college students. These are college students. But wow. here's here's the best part. So the cops come, and they beat them. Wow. And then that's so, then, This is my this is my favorite part. Then they blame the store owner, the guy who just got beaten up, yeah. for racism because because they were black students and he was a white guy, and they were stealing, and he signaled them out because they were stealing. Okay. Okay. So then, well, yeah. it also just a little backstory. Mm-hmm. The statistics there have been forty arrests made. Yes. In the his in the last five years at Gibson's for shoplifting. Okay. Okay. Six of those students have been African American, okay. including these three. All so right. prior to this, there were thirty seven arrests made. Right. So there's no history. No history at that store. No history of, of profiling. No. Mostly, unless so, so it's, to speak, unless it's like white kids with hair buns, right? <laughs> Shoplifting profiling. <laughs> it's a white kid with a hair bun, right? With a yeah. bad, you know, probably looking. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, there was no, no, no prerequisite or no thing of, of, of prejudice, right? Yeah. So, so they beat him down and then that's not good enough. So then they go to school and they fire up the, the administration and they said, Gibson's is a bad place. It's only been there for 130 years. Yeah. Right? So it's a bad place and that they should stop doing business with Gibson's. And so the existing- Boycott, boycott the guy's oh, store. Not boycott, cancel the contracts because they provided food service for the, oh. right? So they did that. And so Gibson sued him for breach of contract and for all this stuff. And long story short, Gibson's was awarded an $11 million settlement for breach of contract. 
and paints and all the other stuff that comes along with it, plus a $33 million punitive damage for like the absurdity of all this. So my favorite part of this was not only um, did, you know, that they, they get the beat down, but then the president says because they were found guilty yeah. that it's an infringement on their free speech. So this, this just shows where political correctness has gone off the rails into like absurdity. Well, it's eating itself is what it's doing, kind of. <laughs> it's just nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the serpent of political correctness is now eating yeah. its own it, tail. It's correctness where there's like, it, it's actually got to the point where there's an absence of individual responsibility as long as we're right and we feel good about it. So, well, there's a whole victim conversation yeah. inside of there, right? And when we talk about a male perspective, one of the things I really want to put in, it's, it's really, um, in, in, you know, the thing that's like shows up all the time, it's really the celebration of masculinity. Mm -hmm. and what masculinity can bring to an environment, like responsible masculinity. I know that everyone talks about toxic masculinity. I, I think, you know, the majority of it out there is mas is responsible, mm -hmm. and, and what that looks like. And I think that's really the thing that, you know, that then leads into the leadership, leads into the entrepreneurialism, leads into the critical thinking. Yeah. And since you brought it up, I have an observation about sure. that, which is that, isn't it interesting? Yeah. Isn't it interesting that... All of this stuff is coming up, whether mm -hmm. it's toxic masculinity, whether it's discussions for the manosphere, whether yeah. it's, you know, people feeling like they are men, you know, having a grudge against feminism, feminism, you know, all this yeah. conflict, right, is all happening uh -huh. at a point in our history yeah. when we've never been more personally irresponsible for holding people accountable who have sold us down the river in so many ways as a country. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, well, I really I, am, I'm really dead serious about that from the military to the yeah. finance world, no. to the stuff you and I talk about at corporations all the time. I think that, you know, Bob, I think that's why we're doing the show. Right. That was the calling. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, it's I the think knowledge that's of that. at the core of it. Uh, and it's all, you know, it's, it's what the Ted talk was about. It's like, guy, you know, there's, there's this whole conversation about guys are bad, especially, Older white guys are bad. Yeah. And that just didn't pop up because someone got a bug in their saddle, right? Mm -hmm. it, there's evidence to support some of that. And I think what we've done, other guys, right, is we've kind of looked the other way and allowed for it to happen. Well, here, to me, yeah. in many ways, mm -hmm. regarding what you just said, yeah. especially referring to your TED Talk there, yeah. I just like this thing going on where it's almost like, oh, no. Uh, a tough guy, a tough, a manly, manly man, mm -hmm. you know, is is not the kind of guy to go off himself. It's the better male that's going to go. You know, it's, the, it's like a, a weaker man mm -hmm. that that commits suicide. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. No, you get all kinds of guys out there yeah. who are going down this dark into this darkness. Yeah, and it's almost like we're we have a cultural I don't know dissonance about it. Like yeah. we're we we're. It's like the burden of understanding. There's a burden associated with attempting to understand this Bob, what phenomenon. You're, what you're talking about right? is so rich because it's the it's in the authenticity around masculinity. Yes. The, you know, what's happened is it's been survival mm. of the fittest. Yeah. You know, win at all costs. Right. And what's ended up happening is guys have been killing other guys for their own good. And so we've- You mean competitively, competitively or in the market yeah, or undermining everywhere. another guy. Yeah. Doing whatever, wrecking his life. Doing whatever they could to get the- Whatever. You know, the leg up on him and whatever environment is. Yeah. 
And and so what's and then it's then there's the inability for a guy to ask for help. Right. You know, because if you ask for help, you're this or you're that or you're weak, right. or you're something, right? Right. And so what's happened is, you know, the men have been kind of separated. And then there's been these men's groups. Divided. Which would be, be that are very feminized, the cuddling and all of this other stuff, right? <laughs> that are just ridiculous and not dealing with the real issue, right? I can imagine hugging you as a brother, but cuddling you is just yeah, not just cuddling. I ever want to think yeah, the about, whole buddy. man cuddling thing Sorry. is kind of weird. That's but really the, but but that's been the response. Then is this push toward oversensitivity, right? Know? Which then the impulse to go polar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're either way over here. Yeah, you're, you're either John there. Wayne. Or you're some other like yeah, whiny uh, guy. I don't even know. I don't even have an example. Uh, right? The guy from the uh, yeah, it'll come to me later. But go okay. on. I, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. So so the, the 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 truth is, it's neither of those. And we have to like reconfigure. That's why we went through the whole first seven things. We went through the the four core distinctions of leadership, and we went through the three laws of performance. Yeah. And so what they're what's needed is a future based conversation to transform how situations occur. Right? Okay. Yeah, and that's really what this—that's really what this show is about. This show is about creating a a future for men where we we come together in community, and it's not against women. We come no. together as men in community and start building this thing that's never been constructed before. And as you like to say so often, it's in coming to a self understanding, a yes. self understanding yeah. that we are more apt to understand women. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I think that some of the biggest conflicts between men and women occur at the level of their each individual self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think women have been torn for many years between having an experience of feeling like they ought to be working to help support the household mm-hmm. and then, of course, you know, being pulled to be well, a, yeah. a mom. Y- yeah. And I- that, that tension is where feminism was kind of born. At that you know, point, you know, it, that's at that realization. It's so funny. I led this uh, this entrepreneurial group leadership thing yeah. that, I, that I do up in Wisconsin. And, and mm-hmm. that particular day, most of the people in the room were women. Yeah. And I really noticed, like, the trick bag women have created for themselves, you know? Okay. Um, because, you know, they want it all, yeah. yet they haven't created the structure to get it all. So then when it doesn't work... They then blame the guy, and the guy doesn't know what the hell's going on. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a, a there's a simplification factor there, yeah. Which is, hey, you know, a person who is very rational could say, you know, really, if both sides are responsible, that's all that's required. Mm-hmm. But are you saying that it's not quite that simple? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't think there's sense? I don't think there's an absence of desire being responsible. I yeah. think there's an absence of understanding what's really required. What are really the skills and resources you need to get to the end game that you're playing? Mm-hmm. You know, which is we're saying from, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong, but from what I understand up yeah. till now, you and I are saying that partnership is possible. Yeah. That, oh, absolutely. That, I think it's required. That a complementary partnership between men and women is possible rather than the exception. Cause right now my understanding is, is that when we see men and women who are in a functional partnership, mm-hmm where there's mutual support and there's high functionality on both yeah. sides, we look at that, oh, that's an exception. They're just lucky or he didn't cheat or she didn't cheat or, well, consider you know, it took a lot of work. It's got to be an incredible amount of work. And, and consider what it took was actually what our topic is today, 
which is, you know, what we're, we're really going to start looking at ways of being for humanity to, to bridge these gaps. And the first topic today is, is humility and forgiveness. Yeah. And when you're really invested in being right or in looking good, which so many people are driven by that. Right. There's no humility. There, there's no access to humility whatsoever. Yeah. And humility is simply understanding you don't have all the answers. Well, here's a couple of quotes. I might oh, awesome. go through a few of them. I think yeah. you'd appreciate these. Yeah. Pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. That's Thomas Merton. Yeah. Catholic fella. Um, here's another one. The only wisdom we can hope to acquire is the wisdom of humility. That's T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Here's a really old one. It was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. That's uh, Augustine of Hippo. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, finally, a good one from Leo Tolstoy. Perfection is impossible without humility. Why should I strive for perfection if I'm already good enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know if perfectionism. And, and, and you know, the, yeah. the thing with perfectionism, I think there's this other part. Yeah. When we actually come from humility, we realize all this work we're doing. There's, right. there's no arrival point. This is a constant, ongoing, for lack of a better word, struggle. It's an engagement, a process. Yeah. It's like walking so many miles a week yeah. or doing so many push-ups per week. And getting a joy out of doing that. Being consistent about, okay, yeah. I definitely I'm going to get six and a half to seven hours of sleep tonight. Yeah. You know, whatever you do is a repetitive process. Yeah. Or it, it doesn't even have to be whatever your level of engagement is. It's it's doing that from doing it with integrity, as we said it before, with workability and honor of who you are and honor of what you're saying you're doing. That's that's how all this stuff comes together. You know? Well, it and it's difficult to have that conversation. I believe largely because the natural state of human being is to take is to um, keep score. Yeah, keep score. Oh. Integrity? Well, you either have it or you don't. Or how much integrity do you have? Or on a scale of one to ten, what are you, like a seven? Yeah. Well, or a nine? Again, you know? what you're pointing to you know. is the absence of humility because you're being defensive. The absence of someone really looking and doing an assessment of themselves. How am I doing? You know? Right. And being okay with however they are. Right. See, we're, we're, we're really, you know, one of the reasons we're so judgmental is we're so judgmental on ourselves. And it's not, and if we're not that, then we just cut ourselves slack and we act like a bunch of idiots. But, but it's yeah. just, yeah. It's occurring to me that humility is like a doorknob. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I like that. You know, I like that so much. Humility is yeah. like uh, the latch on the door. Yeah. You just turn it. Yeah. And you know, now you're you're into a different space. That's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's access to that other space. Yeah. And it's not that difficult. Yeah. It, it, and we're gonna we're gonna have this in a couple of weeks, but it requires a little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah. The other thing is, I think, Mike, too, is that I think a lot of us associate humility with some form of overexposure in the area of like being, in other words, if I'm humble, maybe I'm too vulnerable. Maybe if I'm humble, maybe if I have a lot of humility, uh, maybe people will walk on me. Well, you know, yeah. Or there's a humility of being, you know, gracious and all this other stuff. That's all BS, too. Right. You know, vulnerability is required if we're going to move anything forward because vulnerability is opening yourself up. It's releasing the position you're at in service of another position. It's like when you're rock climbing and you're going from one step to the other. hold to the next. To the next. You're going to be in a condition of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you make progress. The only way you make progress is through being vulnerable. 
You mean you're vulnerable in the gap of the space between one handhold and the other. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, and that's really it. You're vulnerable in the gap. Yeah. And the gap is the only place you can be vulnerable. I, in a way. Yeah. You know, you're, you're right. It in is, a way. It is a space of vulnerability. I didn't even think about that. We're, God, we're brilliant when we came Once up with you, this, yeah. Right? yeah, geez. <laughs> Why? We are really smart guys. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. There's a reason spiders and ants are called pests, and getting rid of them can get a little messy for the environment. Get the job done safely with Ecotech Pest Control. Following the principles of integrated pest management, Ecotech will ensure your home or business is free from all those unwanted visitors today and offer you solutions and advice to keep them from coming back tomorrow. Schedule your service appointment today at ecotechpestcontrol.com. Mention Into the Gap and get a 10% discount. Ecotech Pest Control, protecting our environment together. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we enter into the bowels of human ontological hell, rooting out the evil that too often seeks shelter in the nooks and crannies of your consciousness. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. When, when I think of forgiveness, I think of the ultimate act of forgiveness. And I'm not a guy who's going around selling Christianity, but it's, it's the biblical um, verse of Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, right? Right. And here's Jesus. He's on the cross. He's right. dying. Right? Yeah. I mean, literally dying. After being completely, like, emaciated by yeah. God knows, no tortured. pun intended, sorry to by say tortured. that. tortured. Yeah, you tortured know? literally to death before they put him up there. Yeah, and so he's, he's, on, he's on the cross. They just lanced his lung and had fluid coming out of his lung to Make see sure if he was, he was dead, dead or not yet. Right. He's, he's not dead yet, kind of a line from Monty Python, right? No, I'm pretty sure that's what, how they determine death, yeah. is when that fluid comes out. Oh, okay. And then he's officially dead. But this was after that, so he wasn't officially dead. So right. he, he, he goes, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right. Now, if you think about it, if your son was in that position, yeah. what's the likelihood of like the first thought in your mind, I'm going to forgive those Roman guys? I, I'm going to tell you if that was my son, that's a, that's a, that's a heavy lift, you know? Yeah. And, and so to have this man, God, on the cross, to mm-hmm. actually think that, to take the burden from his father such that his father, because without forgiveness, the whole purpose of what Jesus went through and the resurrection is lost. It's meaningless. Right? There's no basis. So, so what the lesson I got from this is, you know, when you have a big commitment, and I'm going to say the salvation of man is a big commitment. Right? I would say. When you have a big commitment, what yeah. forgiveness does mm-hmm. is it takes everything out of the way so you can stay on task and not get distracted by the various forms of resistance, the various obstacles, the various noise in the system, 
the various things that go on every single day. Yeah. And we live in a time now where if you say good morning to someone, they may get offended. Right. Right. So that's clearly the absence of forgiveness. Right. But what forgiveness really is, is just the releasing of energy and attention on something that is not in alignment with your commitment. It's that simple. Now, it's not vengeance. You know, it's not settling the score. Well, you know? right. And it's, it, um, if I may say so, in many cultures, um, and I'm speaking from mm-hmm. personal experience, yeah. it's almost like a lot of cultures will collapse forgiveness with absolution. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness is not absolution. No. People think, oh, if you forgive someone, then everything they did or didn't do that was causal in this mm-hmm. upset, that forgiveness is designed to heal, right? Yeah. Uh, then, you know, that's all washed away. Well, Not necessarily. Here's the thing. Forgiveness. So if you, if you commit an atrocity for me, on me, yeah. okay, if I forgive you, it's not even about you. It's about me. Right. I forgive you so I can move on. Right. You've got to deal with what you've got to deal with. Right. It doesn't remove you of the consequence of your action. It doesn't remove you from the responsibility of it. It doesn't remove right. you from you know, the absolution you're talking about. Yes. It doesn't take care of that. It just it allows me to move forward. Right. It doesn't make what you did right. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't eliminate it. It doesn't do any of that. It just allows me to move forward. Right. And so, you know, when that, that's one of the things I'm always so amazed at when people, you know, when, um, you know, sometimes you see it in a, a person, their, their child will get killed. Right. Yeah. And they forgive the offender, not to get the offender off the hook. No, no, no. It's so they can go on and live their life. Right. Otherwise, how do you overcome something like that? Right. You know? And that's ultimately what forgiveness is about. It's about granting yourself grace. Yeah, which which calls forth this whole principle of forgiving yourself. Yeah. I don't think you could really forgive anybody else for anything until you forgive yourself for Absolutely. a lot of the stuff that you're carrying around about yourself. Absolutely. And you know? that's what so much of us... Omission, commission, and all those shame, goodies. You know, shame... Yeah. Right. Betrayal. Right. Uh, you know, uh, all that stuff. Do we cover completeness? We never covered completeness yet. No, no, no. I That's going to be a big one. Foundational to forgiveness. I mean, if when you really talk about being complete, and, and being complete is a funny, it's a funny phrase. I think it's important that you say a little bit about completeness if, we, if we're going to go there. Okay. Just say a little bit, because people say, what, what do you mean complete? What, the, what, what kind of woo-woo is that? Well, know? what it means is, is, as human beings, we're perfect, whole, and complete as we are. Okay? Yeah. So, listen, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. There's nothing wrong with me. I got a bad knee, you know? Right. You, you got that weird cough thing you do, you know? <laughs> That's about it. You're a little annoying, too. But other than that, you know? But no, no, I mean, there really is nothing. I mean, you're this magnificent human being, this brilliant guy. Easy. There's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Yet, how often do we walk around with shame or upset in our background? We carry it around like my, in my backpack, Right. And we're lugging it around with us. And what being complete means is putting the past in the past and releasing whatever energy or burden or load or upset it is. Yeah. And to do that, number one, you have to, you have to realize you're carrying around with you. And in the way you can see people carrying around with you, yeah. How do you be complete about something without gritting, gritting your teeth over it? You know, like there's that whole idea of... Uh, 
you remember the uh, movie Jeremiah Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, um, Robert Redford yeah. sees this this painted up Native American approaching yeah. him. Yeah. And the guy looks at him and then drops to his knees. And uh, Robert Redford raises his hand and he goes, he just like grits his teeth and he puts his hand wa- wa- way open like, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like this tete-a-tete, meaning they were done. Like yeah. he was complete about what they did or yeah. didn't do to him. The, the the Native American was, okay, look, no more fighting. We're not yeah. going to try and kill you anymore. Yeah. Go about your business. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, to me, that's a kind of a that, that's it. And closing it's, the door. And it's ending the energy, right? Completion is ultimately nothing more than declaration. You know, it's like we're done. It's hard to believe that it, that a single uh, declaration gets it done like that. It can do it, man. Right, but I think that you have to be in the proper space to do that. I think that. Well, that's where integrity comes in. Maybe for a lot of our listeners, I want to be somewhat empathic and say, oh, this could be a very new conversation for people, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, okay, you know, my husband or my wife did this or that, God forbid, or all kinds mm-hmm. of other things and all kinds of family nutty stuff. And, you know, what do you mean complete? You know, come on. Well, you know, again. How do you put the cap on that stuff? Well, you, you know, know, again, it's choice. It's ultimately choice. What do you want to live your life for? In yeah. service of being angry and upset about something that happened before. Right. Or about a commitment you have in the future. Right. right. That's yeah. ultimately what it's about. Right. And the other thing, too, is- Which it, could keep people together and not necessarily separate them either. Yeah. Ultimately. I well, mean, they get to choose, right? Well, we- Whether we, they part ways or there's not. There's that or self-development program we both know about that we have witnessed people use this distinction in such a way that they've abused it yeah. and, and have manipulated it. And that's not it at all. Right. What we're talking about is really the first thing was really living with integrity. You know? Well, I want to pin up something, as you like to say, yeah. putting the pin in it. Yeah. I think it's so critical mm-hmm. for us to cover in an, just, for, just for a moment this yeah. whole idea of eternal vigilance in the face of the smart rat. Because oh. people are going to do what people are going to do. Yeah. Just because you read a book on leadership or you've taken a 12-week course on leadership yeah. or you've gone to Jocko Willink's muster thing or whatever he mm-hmm. does, you're not necessarily going to go back to your office and be this different guy. No. I mean, you know, what is this? A couple of days ago, Anthony Robbins was like making people drink some brown potion. You've heard about this? No, I haven't heard He's about this. He's making people drink some weird concoction and putting an L on their forehead for loser on the stage in front of these events. <laughs> that's awesome. You know? Yeah, that's not going to go well. Well, it's not, yeah. actually. He's got some serious stuff going on. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, is that we're talking about really grammar, logic, and reason. Grammar, well, mastery of language, logic, and understanding of cause well, and effect, maybe, let's say. Well, or, we're, we're, we're talking about, like, being responsible for our in, in, in making our lives work in concert with other people. And what we're talking about in, in, in the place to show is really bridging the gap between the stuff that's not working. But you have to have a listening for what's not working. You have to have a listen. You have to have a sense of, in the, I don't mean to use the term self-improvement because it's way overused, yeah. but that's kind of what it is. Is it Mike? I mean, really? Well, you got to, yeah. But if it's, you're, if you're. The context of self-improvement. Yeah. But if you're not carrying around a lot of baggage with you. Yeah. And if you're focused on what really matters and you've got commitments that are bigger than you, 
If you're willing to unload your baggage and move on. Yeah, if you're yeah. willing to unload and move on. Yeah. And if you're really willing to, to really engage in this incredible experience called life, right? then that stuff will show up. Yeah. But if you're worried about your own survival and making it today and making sure that everyone loves you and this and that and all this other crazy stuff that people get caught up in, right? it's going to get weird. Yeah. You know? So that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about, it's pretty simple. It's not easy, but it's pretty simple. Right. It's not yeah. easy, but it's deceptively simple. Yeah. If we're willing to exercise. And tell the truth. Yeah. You know, and be honest. Be honest with ourselves primarily. It's, I, you know, I don't care if you're not honest with me, but, but be honest with yourself. No, I really don't. Like if you're not honest, I'll, I'll figure it out. Listen, I had a client for three years. A client for three years. Three years. He was a client of mine. Lied to me for three years. I didn't see it. Um, I believed in what he was saying. And I'm like, holy cow. I can't. I'm at, I'm not at liberty to discuss the yeah. decades long yeah. uh, romance I had with that uh, function with, yeah. with other people. Yeah. You no, know, it's crazy. Who, and I think that's the, we should have a show on how to deal with betrayal, by the way. Oh my because God. That's, <laughs> because if we're going to talk about humility and forgiveness, we really we should, ought to talk oh about my betrayal. God. And it includes betraying yourself. Well, what we, you know, what we you should know? do, I think what we do have coming up are the core wounds, which is betrayal, uh, shame. And there's one that starts with a C. I can't remember what it was because I just I'm, deal with betrayal. Betrayal is the only core wound I have and I want to kill people when they betray me. We're about so. to end this segment, but yeah. I just saw us in like like Franciscan monk robes for a second here, because we're talking about stuff that's usually um, in the realm of spiritual or, you know, like ecclesiastical kind of conversation, well, you know, in a way, you know, you don't talk about this on the street of, the way we're talking. Part about. of what we're talking about is, you know, one of the things that's going on right now, this is a great doorknob. One of the things that's going on right now is we're actually in the midst of a spiritual crisis. This show came from a conversation, a couple of different conversations. And one of them was, the spiritual crisis. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I have this this belief. I, as a former engineer, I'm a geek. You got a nice little theory going. Yeah. Let's be honest about and, it. And so there's Moore's Law, and, and we can't, we don't have a whiteboard here, but there's Moore's Law, which is right. technology doubles every 18 months. Yeah. Right? And then there's the capacity of the human system, the human mind. And for the longest time, we had the capacity to deal with all the technology that existed. And then I have this theory that somewhere between 2001 and 2016, Probably right around 2008, but my friend Dave Plody said, oh, I think it's 2001. No, he, no, he said it was 2008 too. Yeah. Because when the whole crisis, but somewhere between 2001 and 2016, yeah. um, technology crossed over our capacity to actually manage it, our capacity to actually be with it all, right? And, and so, all the information there is. All the information there is. And so as a human system, as a human being, we are now in a constant state of overwhelm because right. of all the stuff that's coming at us, right? Yes. And in a constant state of overwhelm, how do you then deal with that? And so we've got structures like AI and things like that and, and, or people downsize things or get focused and niche. But what I really think it is, if you really look at it graphically, it puts us in a new realm. And I think the only way that we as human beings can thrive in this is if we no longer go from a, an intellectually or strategic based way of operating to, to a more spiritual way of operating. So... And, and, and a focus on things that we don't know much about, which is spirituality. And that's why I say we're in a, in a spiritual crisis slash opportunity right now. And I know that sounds a little woo-woo. Because we're crushing under the weight of... Um, everything we've created. Everything we've created. Yeah. And we're losing our capacity 
to either filter information, mm-hmm. to categorize information. It's really how we're dealing well, with the inputs. Well, I, I think more importantly, it's the old ways of operating, the old systems, the old strategies, the old processes. They're no longer working or no longer delivering the results they did at one time. Well, one of the things you talked about, I think, on the earlier show was, yeah. you know, you used to be able to change your own carburetor. Oh, yeah. If you needed to. Yeah. What, you don't even have a carburetor now. Right. Right? Yes. Got a f- fuel injection now, system and it's with turbos. Electric. An electrical engineer would be Yeah, and every engine now has a turbo, turbocharger, just about, you know? Right. And, man, I remember turbochargers were really sensitive things, and if you got one, it was like chances it would get about 500 miles and it'd blow up. Right, you know? yep. you have to, And it was put on top of a carburetor. Yep. Now you got and turbo. It gas like crazy, Oh, yeah, by but the it way. was cool, you know? Yeah. And you had the, the scoop on the hood and the whole thing. And the but, ones with the flames that came out, Exactly. That was That was cool, too. That was very cool. But, yeah, we don't have that now, so- uh, yeah, so we're in, we're in a whole different time and we're still, and, and I don't think we've acknowledged it's a different time. And it's, um, and I don't want to sound too hippie-ish, but, you know, it's it's just, it's a whole different way to view the world. And, yeah. So just, just taking it back to today's subject matter. So, you know, we're in the spiritual crisis. As it, it, it's, it, I, I'm struggling with this whole thing yeah. and I continue to struggle with it. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. But I don't understand it. Right. And I can see why you would say that. Mm-hmm. And yet I can't necessarily put my finger on the spiritual component of it, although I believe maybe one aspect of it, yeah. and I'm going to say this regarding this whole idea of humility and forgiveness, sure. right? You know, our attachment to social media mm-hmm. and, and, and even generationally, because I was just telling somebody yesterday that, you know, your typical millennial now is mm-hmm. actually putting his phone down. Okay. They're they're not necessarily as attached to social media as um, an older person even might be. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the average Facebook user is an older person. They're not necessarily a younger person at all. Yeah. So there's and and by the way, speaking of which, you know, there's also a segmentation in everything. Like everything is segmented. Yeah. There's no there's no cohesion. It's just this fluid ebb and flow of of opinion and. Yeah. And uh, how things are occurring for people, right? Right. <laughs> the occurring world yeah. is changing drastically. So, so in the context of the uh, forgiveness and and humility, it those two mm-hmm. would seem very helpful in yeah. in this crisis period you're talking about. Well, yeah, and, and and I don't mean crisis like the sky is falling. I mean crisis like things are different. We don't know what to do. Yeah. And when we don't know what to do, we get pretty uncomfortable, right? So it's like, first, I think most importantly is get, oh, be okay with not knowing. Like really, that's what humility is, right? It's being okay with not knowing. Right. And then as far as forgiveness, letting go of the fear or the upset of whatever happened. And just like really being in that, you know, kind of inquiry, yeah. like truly unattached. And, and that's that's a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah, and I really don't think you can get there without humility because well, it's, humility, it, the presence of humility kind of negates the focus on one's self. Absolutely. Right? And I, I, I'll tell you what, I think the, sh- the go-to solution for humility is drive out to Colorado, find a mountain, climb up to the top of it, spend the night up there by yourself, and then come back down, let's have a conversation. Right. Because when you get, it's funny, I've talked about four people in last week who've done that. And (laughs) when you get back down, it's like, it's a whole different place, man. You know? 
because you go up, you, you, you realize how insignificant you are. You oh. realize how, you know, a bear could come and eat you. Right. You know, devour you yeah. and you're done. Ball game. And guess what happens? Stuff keeps rolling. You know? Right. Stuff keeps rolling. Life will go on after you. totally will. After you, after the bear poops yeah. you out in the woods. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So that's the whole thing. It's, Sorry and, about that. No, that's fine. It's exactly, it's what, it, <laughs> this is whole circle of life, man. And we become a tree or something. I don't know what happens, but yeah, but yeah that, that's what it is. So, uh, you know, one of the things I want to put on is, is starting in a couple of weeks, uh, July 13th, we're going to start having some guests and we've got our first two guests booked. Um, the first one's going to be Rocco Coza, who's the author of Alpha, the Alpha Way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rocco's an entrepreneur. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's an attorney. Mm-hmm. He's a husband and a father. He's just a, he's a paisan, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rocco's are just an incredible guy. He, he does, uh, he's a keynote speaker that speaks about kindness in organizations. Mm. So Rocco's going to come on and he's, he's a really good dude. He'll be engaging. So he's going to be a, a guest for us on the 13th. And then the 20th, we're mm-hmm. going to have Jim Oberweiss. Awesome. And uh, Jim Oberweiss is running for Congress in the 14th district, the district in which I supported Lauren Underwood. And she's broken every promise to me possible. So do I have an axe to grind? Eh, maybe Do you little. personally? <laughs> maybe a little. But, uh, but yeah, so Jim Oberweiss is going to come on. Jim Oberweiss also is a leader, an entrepreneur, and a man. And he's going to come on. And, and I, I, what I'm really curious about when he comes in, not so much a political agenda, um, but I'm really curious about how he got here, how he got to where he got. Right. Like his journey. Right. right. And Absolutely. Because one of the things that's going to go on, I guarantee you, is this whole identity politics. Here's, here's Jim, who's an older, privileged, rich, white dude mm-hmm. going against a young African-American woman, you know, and the whole identity politics and how they can be, you know, put up, you know. So those are our first two guests, and you're going to work on getting a guest for us to 27th. Another guy, dynamic guy, Chicago only guy, hopefully. Yes, we're not going to mention his name yet, but yeah, because yeah, we don't have his approval. Him yeah, yeah. And then we got some other people coming on, so we're going to have some cool guests too yeah. as we start. And really, the intention of that is to bring these distinctions and and actually identify it beyond someone beyond Bob and I, so you guys can actually see it like what it looks like in play. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show, as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. 